Welcome back to Yang Daily. I'll be your host, Alex Cheney, bringing you all the Yang news you need to live your life right. I was planning to go over the reconciliation package today, but there's so much else going on that I decided we should catch up on other recent events first and get to that a couple episodes later. So we will start by briefly covering the disaster in Afghanistan and some UBI stuff with more quick updates to follow tomorrow. Quick shout out to our tier 3 patrons, Shay Meehan and Nathan Stankowski, as well as all our other patrons. You keep us all informed and engaged. If any of you out there want to join these advocates of humanity first and independent journalism, head on over to patreon.com slash yangdaily. It would only take a couple of bucks a month from each listener to keep this podcast and community going and growing into the future. Now on to the news. So Afghanistan is a dumpster fire. The Taliban have conquered every city in the country in under a week. The president has fled the country. There is no force remaining to oppose the Taliban's conquest. The war is over and the Taliban have won. The less than 300,000 strong Afghan military and government gave way like mist before the Taliban, cutting deals, surrendering, or simply routing almost immediately as soon as the fighting began. Morale was non-existent, due largely to corrupt politicians, poorly paid troops, and shoddy logistics. Everybody there considered the Taliban's victory inevitable. Some U.S. military officials described the Afghan army as little more than a guaranteed jobs program with none of the discipline, purpose, or organization of a first world military. Even when the soldiers want to fight, logistical failures leave them without the means to do so, and it's uncertain at best if the corrupt government they serve is worth their lives. It's arguable that the manner in which the U.S. forces were pulled out of Afghanistan made the situation worse. In many cases, it's reported that America's entire presence was removed from areas overnight and with poor communication to Afghan officials. The ultimate outcome, however, appears to have been a foregone conclusion. That withdrawal has now turned into a dangerous evacuation as foreign diplomats and others attempt to flee the country through the scant, still-protected avenues. The U.S. Embassy has been entirely evacuated, NATO guards the Kabul airport, which is the main path of evacuation, though the Taliban are making promises to be more moderate in their governance than in their previous reign, they are still an extremist religious group who favor brutal authoritarianism. The situation for women, other religious groups, and many more is going to be quite grim. Unsurprisingly, the U.S. political reaction is an outright impressive display of hypocrisy. The same people who lavishly praised Trump for withdrawing troops in Afghanistan and elsewhere, and for his not-quite-realized goal of pulling out of the country entirely, now demand that Biden resign for doing exactly what they claim to have wanted. On the other side, people who criticized Trump's withdrawal now defend Biden for the same, and people call Afghanistan tribal. For two decades, we waged war in Afghanistan and were told their military and government were being made self-sufficient by our investment of tens of thousands of troops and over $2 trillion. That was clearly not true. Whether we stayed for 20 more years or never went in to begin with, the result is the same. We met the same end as every other nation that has tried to imprint upon Afghanistan throughout history, futility. This is why people would rather spend money at home than on regime change wars. In the end, it's not clear that any lasting difference is made aside from enriching a few military contractors and corrupt politicians. That's not to take away from our soldiers and what good they did accomplish there, and my condolences to all those who lost loved ones. I dearly hope that we can learn something from this. In much happier news, San Francisco's $500 a month basic income pilot is now accepting applications from residents 
deadline is August 27th. And finally, for today, Scott is of the opinion that the most politically feasible path for passing a federal UBI this year is to get a carbon dividend into the reconciliation package, and he may be right. While it's still possible another stimulus check could be added, it's looking unlikely, and it would only be one check. The carbon dividend would fit with the strong theme of climate change measures that the budget has taken on, but it would have no cost. Conservative Democrats are almost certainly going to attack the other measures for their cost, which makes a carbon dividend the perfect alternative. A UBI and carbon tax all in one, reducing climate change and poverty alike without growing the deficit by a penny? That is a compelling deal. Tell your senators. And that'll do it for today's Yang Daily. Flood Congress with calls, tweets, faxes, and letters using the resist bot or income movement easy contacts below. If you need help, consult Humanity Forward, the Income Movement Aid Database, the Mission Asset Fund, or United Way, and don't forget to Yang Daily.